0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Scrubbed In podcast. I hope you've all been keeping well, social distancing, and, and I know you've all been a big fan of our new podcases and pod quizzes. So today we're back again with another guest, a good old special friend of ours, Dr. Samasua, who has joined the battle against COVID and is the new um, incoming foundation year doctor um, on this quest to rid the world of coronavirus so welcome tell us a bit about yourself and you know we'll take it from
1: there well you you make it sound like it's uh, it's World War III <laughs> thank you thank you for that um, yeah yeah so um, I'm Osama. started medicine actually at the age of 24 it's been a it's been a long journey nine years in medical school Probably amongst the longest I've known being in one institution. Um, where do I start? Um, I started working as FIY1 two weeks ago and the the prospect of starting this early and graduating four months earlier than usual was a bit of you know it was a, it was a bit anxious let's say about that. So I think I was coming back from my sister's house two weeks ago and just remembering the journey the journey of my life and what it took to get here and i thought i'm quite a nostalgic person mm. i like walking uh, to certain places remembering certain things and it helps you remember where you came from really and i think i was walking down memory lane oh mm. so um so I, le- I i left school around a level times mm. i never completed my a levels my father passed away when i was 13 and I kind of lost my track Since then mm. he, he was the He was the person that Like you know Solidified the education In my house mm. And my mum Raising five boys Was very difficult for her um, Although I've got Two sisters as well So we're a large family And it's quite difficult For my mum So um, At the age of like 17 I was even permanently Excluded in, when I was 15 Okay From school And then I had to fight to get back into get back into education, okay, and I came out with decent GCSEs. Forever the activist, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I actually, I actually remember crying on my appeal. Oh wow! Yeah. What age was this? This was I was fifteen. At fifteen, I was, it was six months for my GCSEs.
2: What? Why though? Why did you want to come back into education? So you were excluded pre- because I presume you deserved it <laughs> for whatever you did.
1: So it was it was, it was fireworks. Okay, okay. it's fireworks, and it was a mistake. Mm. All right, and but. I didn't. I didn't think my education had to be sacrificed for that. Mm. So you had a love for education from so you, early. So you did have a love for it. Okay. Yeah, I always did. Always loved science. Always loved maths. Mm. I'm very like. I love to ask questions. Mm. Yeah. All right. Um, and you know. I managed to complete my GCSEs, got decent grades for the for that time. Mm-hmm. N- not like now everyone gets 10A stars. Oh, no, no, no
2: Now it's difficult, man. Now it's like these 10s and 9s and 8s. It's, it's For us, it was easy, I think. Yeah. So uh, Now it's difficult.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so um, I managed, and, and that was my first journey, basically. And then at age 17, um, I was, let's say, I was uh, lost, let's say that. Mm-hmm. Right, I had good friends, you know, I don't want to say I'm mixed with the wrong crowd because until now they're still my friends, mm-hmm. but I don't see them as much Fair. Um, and so I never completed my A-levels, it was a tough time and let's say, um, you know, and I was hanging around the local area and everything and then I just got to a point where I, I was just like, okay, what do I want to do with my life? Mm. And I was all looking for easy options. All mm. right. And so I needed to work. All mm. right. You know, um, le- legitimate work, let's say that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um, I worked in PC World and Marks and Spencers. And then I tried to run away from my friends. Okay. Literally. Like okay. run away. Like literally. I, w- I went to go stay with a friend in Milton Keynes. And why did you want to yeah, run away? Why? why? It's because everything in life is about environment and who you keep around with you. Mm-hmm. Mm hmm. Right, um, you know, I come from a, uh, a belief where your friends and your environment dictate mm. who you are, mm-hmm. absolutely right. And so, I wanted to get away from my friends, right, and and to start a new, fresh. You know, we all want fresh start yeah. in life, mm. so I went to and for a year. How old were you at this time? I think I was about 19, mm. right? I think, but yeah, I think I was about 18, 19 at this time. God, I actually got a part-time job in the complaints department at Abbey National. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Suits you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah. Well, all was people? that
0: based on you know uh, the ability to interact and understand the customers' needs? Yeah. Well, well, well. You y- y- you think right? Yeah. But not all complaint officers are that welcoming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> what type of complaints, out of curiosity, did, did people complain about in terms of
1: banks? So I think you guys are a bit young to to know this. But, so yeah. Um. There was the historic. Remember, there was the penalty charge that when you used to go in your bank overdraft, they used to charge twenty five pounds. I'm, I'm too young for that. Do you remember for, that? Was, overdraft. What? Yeah, like mine's over free. Mine's for, free. They used to be penalty charge of twenty five pounds if you went over your overdraft. Oh wow! Per day for for every transaction or, or oh bounce my God. direct okay, debit. Fine, yeah. And then the then the public went mad and okay, they fair. and they revolted and the banks <laughs> had to give them the money back.
2: Ah, okay, fine, fine.
1: So that was that. And then I was still studying at Milton Keynes College, by the way. Yeah, I wanted well, to go. Cool. I wanted to go restart my A levels. Well, mm. Yeah, it was yeah. like it was like one of those. Uh, you know, in life, if you make a, a half-assed attempt at something, yeah. you will always fail. Mm. But yeah. that's what it was, mm. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then that never worked out, right? But the the work worked out, okay. right? <laughs> 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 and then so I stayed there for a year, and then I came back to London, mm. and then. Um, and then I got like, you, you know, I didn't complete my A-levels completely anyway. Mm. And then I came back and then I was looking for another job. Mm. And I started giving out CVs on Victoria Street, right? Um, in, in the agency centre. And then I met a, a lady, a black lady, right? And then she sat me down and she goes, oh, I've got a good job for you, secretary, this is that you know solicitor secretary mm. At this time I just wanted a job mm. you know yeah. I just wanted just my life to carry on like everyone else you know you know when your life stores for so long you mm. just want it to mm. go forward and I, and I feel like a lot of people feel like that so um, she stopped me as she, she she sat me down and then she goes you know what, forget that I've got a brilliant job for you business manager at Barclays Bank mm. I was like brilliant so she sat me down she really saw like potential she must saw potential in me yeah, yeah, right yeah. And she sat me down, and then she goes, "Let's do a practice interview." Oh wow! Yeah, mm. and then I was talking, talking, and then obviously I've been around my friends on the road, right? <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I started saying words like, "Um, uh, like oh, not that type of shit," or like this, wow. and then she goes, "Stop, stop, 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 stop!" Right. This is something I tell my daughter. The way when you the way you speak to your friends is different how you speak to. In a, someone in a professional environment, yeah. you have to have two types of ways of speaking, right? And she proper sat me down mm. and like trained me in interview practice. Yeah, and I was so grateful to her until this day because mm. she showed me how to be professional. Mm. Do you feel the stuff you you kind of learnt there has kind of helped you and the stuff you've carried forward up until today? One hundred percent. I mean, like you even see it like now, like, like. If you see a lot of youth nowadays, you know, Mm -hmm. look, I sound like an old man. The youth, (laughs) yeah. So, but like young people generally, they see them, they see themselves in one way, but they never see themselves that they can be better than they are. Mm -hmm. They think it's impossible, Mm -hmm. but they just need a bit of training and just someone to show them, right? And this is all possible. You just need a bit of, you you need someone just to show you how to do things, Mm -hmm. right? Or you need some guidance. Any so. So, yeah, so I, I think it helped a lot. Good. I, th- so, I think, j- go just to stop
2: you, on that point, right, all of us in this room right now, I think, if, we can all, if I said to you, can you think of one teacher that actually changed your path, all of us would remember their names. But we've had loads of teachers. So I think it's, it's a rare opportunity when we get that opportunity of one teacher training us, sort of telling us how to do things or helping us on our journey. And not everyone gets that. Do you think everyone it's that opportunity. When we say the youth are a little bit lost and they don't see that they don't believe that they can do better is it because no one's giving him giving them that helping hand up?
1: I would not say the youth are lost. Mhm. I cuz I w- Not lost. I, yeah. I
2: I mean more so a proportion are just sort of they don't know where they can end up.
1: Yes. Yes. And 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 that is true. And I hope everyone that da- has had that person. I really yeah. do. You know, some people never had that person. Mm. Um, but I really hope everyone does have that person. And you're right. I, I agree. Some of us are lucky to have multiple mm. people. You know. Yeah. It's just it's just by fate. And uh, and some people never had that type of person. And when you meet, and I think it's up to us, as now young adults, when we see young people, is to be that person.
2: Mm. That's exactly what, yeah. I agree with that
1: absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, I I think what you said was right. Yeah. Um. And so, I got a job in Barclays. Mm -hmm. And then... At Banco Barclays. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was good. I hated the life out of it.
2: Okay. So, so, yeah. So, talk to us about that. What was life like? So, you've got a stable job. You've got an income coming. I presume it covered all your expenses, your rent and everything else. Yeah. Why did you hate it if it gave you everything?
1: If you can't wake up every day, Mm. right like the majority of us you know we will get frustrated from work just because of the fact that it's tired we, mm. it just tires us out mm. yeah. but you have to have some element of where you enjoy your work right mm. it was sales it was commission based mm. right it was it, it was it was a it was a working environment that was quite not toxic i would say but people were ready to stab each other in the back and mm. that happens in a lot of working environments right but This level was just, you know, it was just a bit too much, Mm. you know, Um, and, 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 you know, not enough genuine people. Yeah. Uh, And, and and one thing I think we can all agree on is that we love to work somewhere with just genuine people. Mm. Yeah. Right. And like people that would tell you how uh, that, you know, make a good working environment. Yeah. But I didn't like, I hated the bank. I actually hated it. It was good pay, Mm. good life. Everything you would have expected. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everything, everything I expected. I, I even tried to almost start a degree in, in, in financial economics. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> right? So at what point did you realise this isn't for me, I
0: hate my job, you know, I'm not excited to wake up every morning going to work, was that I imagine the novelty of I've got a really cool job, I'm working in a bank, kind of wore off very quickly. When did you get that realisation that it's not for me?
1: You, you know, sometimes in life, you get the realisation but you don't have the courage to act against it. Mm. Because... But then fate deals you you with something. Mm. And then when you have an opportunity, you have to jump at it. Mm. Right. So I was made redundant in 2008 recession. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, you know, they were getting rid of people. And and, and I was fairly new to that place, like just less than two years. And I was like, okay, cool. And then I was like, I sat down and I probably thought at one point, I just, you know, you just lost your job. Mm. Like you're going to be sad Right And then I thought to myself What Where Where am I
0: going <laughs> yeah. I ain't got no degree So how old were you at this time 2008 Recession
1: Having lost your job I think I was about 22 21 22, okay. 21 Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then At that point I was like I ain't got no degree I bloody hate this I'm not going back to this again mm. Yeah And then I just thought back And this is the op- This this is the time of opportunity I would re- proper reassess my life mm-hmm. Yeah And I sat down And I was like okay so um, what did I always want to do in my life mm. I was like oh I love medicine until and, until like a couple of months ago yeah. I used to have dreams of getting into medical school you know yeah like proper mm. like I used to have proper dreams of getting into medical school I think it was something I wanted from young and I thought you know what let me do this so um, I- a quick question so
2: during this moment of you sort of reflecting on your life and sort of the pivotal moment did you do it all by yourself or was there someone else who sort of triggered it or was it purely from the circumstances of being made redundant and now wanting to just take the next step
1: um so i have a very close relation with my mum okay. all right and i i've learned the hard way that mum was always right <laughs> here,
2: here, here. Yeah, yeah. Let everyone know. Yeah,
1: <laughs> true words. In costume, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. truer words. It's true <laughs> though, isn't it? Yeah. Like you come to regret, you you, you would hate it all your life, but your mum is always right. Always. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, because there's no one's gonna love you more than your mum. Yeah. Yeah. Your mum will love you more than your, even your own spouse. Yeah. Yeah. It's because there's no reciprocal. Your mum doesn't even accept any love back. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So, so, yeah, so, anyway, so, I discussed with my mum, and, you know, and she just encouraged me to go with what I wanted to go with. Mm. Right? You know, it was was a good opportunity and stuff like that. And, um, I've learned as I've grown older, Mm -hmm. the importance of seeking advice from others. Mm -hmm. I think I should have sought more advice when I was younger. But I've had, I come from a family of five older brothers, yeah. so where they impose their advice. Mm-hmm. So I've always been rebellious to avo- to resist it. Yeah. So, but I've learned as you grow older, become more mature, accept advice when it comes yeah. aboard, and decide how you act. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, so um, I remember I was driving to my interview mm. for the uh, the so I, so I went out and I I was like, what am I gonna do? And I thought, okay, there's access to medicine course. Mm. I was like, oh God! I, like, and I thought to myself, I do not want to be starting. I'm only 21. Yeah. But from when you're 21, you think 16 year olds are like, there's a 50 year gap. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. When you're 21, you feel like feel oh, all that. It's, you
0: like, know. it's like when no, I went we to high school, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and like all the first years are born in like, what are well, they like 98? No, so, they're at 2000. So, what, yeah, some right, kids right, born 2000. in 2000. You just look at yourself, it's like wow. And they
2: they're just bare active and just like. T- Oh, sit down man
0: <laughs> sit down so I, I feel that and I, I can kind of relate to what you're talking about
2: yeah so this is um, so this is going t- towards you're going to now apply for your access to medicine right yeah okay fine yeah. I haven't made that decision how did you to... find that? Th- that I wouldn't have found that if I was in that position I don't think I would have
1: oh okay so I thought okay so um, funny enough you say that actually mm. I actually bought a book called getting into medical school <laughs> Uh, And I and I bought a book called Getting into Dentistry. Oh okay, yeah. Well, both from the cars at the time. Yeah. Fine. And then I I asked people, medicine, dentistry, Mm. and then initially I thought dentistry, but it's the same course, right? Okay, fine. So I read the book and I was like, I'm not going to do A levels, because Mm. I don't want to be with 16 year olds in the classroom. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) Like like you know, I mean it sounds a bit it sounds a bit weird, but I thought no, I can't do this again. All right, all right. And then so I done the access course, and then I thought, and then I thought, you know what, medicine—you study all your life. Mm. Life is just in the books forever. Dentistry, you do it for five years. Yeah. Bing bong bash, bobs your uncle, <laughs> box your aunt. Yeah? yeah, 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 And you're and you're down a hundred k salary. Yeah, yeah, hundred
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> k. Wow. We get ten pound an hour.
1: Here. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Like that's, I don't know that, that that was the dream of the dentist and then um, and then so yeah so I applied to the access course mm. and I was due to get into that ac- and then in the access course when I applied mm. um, uh thank god I, I got in but mm. for the year after yeah so I had a year break and um, we done a maths and English exam mm-hmm. And uh, maths, I've got the, uh, the equivalent of A, and English, I've got the equivalent of B. Mm-hmm. I think that's like 15, 16 in
0: today's grading system. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll it. it only goes up to nine. <laughs> goes up but to I'm going to double it for you because I love you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 Thank you. Appreciate it. So, so all I did is Osama got an 18 and an 18 and, <laughs> and another 18. <laughs> <laughs> so, um yeah, so, um, I, I, and so I thought, you know, I need work. I read this book, and he mm. said, I need work experience. You know, because I was lost, I was like, "Where am I gonna get? Well, how am I gonna get into medical school? How am I gonna get into dental school?" Mm. And then at the same time, I sent about an email to every university in the UK, mm. telling them, "Do they accept an access course from this college?" It was Lambeth College, yeah. mm. right? I and I went to all the open days, sat down with all the teachers, right? Um, and this is quite significant, by the way, because yeah, um, yeah. it, it, I when I talk about my interview. Right, Mm. And then So I even went I even spent So this is when I was still doing dentistry, right? Mm. Yeah Then during that time I spent nine months One day a week In a dental clinic I hated the life out of it (laughs) Yeah
2: (laughs) That's another one of the books
0: Yeah (laughs) (laughs) We've got (laughs) got a dentist
1: coming on soon So (laughs)
0: It'll
1: be interesting to see why he (laughs) he
0: says says, that But
2: but,
1: Yeah I, I mean, like I like routine, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's like the mother of all routines. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't like it. Mm. And then I was on the train one time, and then I, and then I was just about to start Max's course. Yeah. And then I was on the train, and I met a friend's brother, who was a registrar, doctor. Yeah. And, and on the train, and there was this one conversation, that actually changed my perspective on everything, right? And he just said to me, "Oh." Can you um, Can you uh, I was just me What you do in your life And this is that It's me I really interested in dentistry But medicine Because why don't you do medicine It gives me I had an interest in medicine But it's just I feel like I'm too old mm. Right I was like I'm too old Can I still study medicine I'm bloody hell, I was only 22 For God's sake mm-hmm. Like you know Now I'm like 33 mm. I'm,
2: Life finished at 21 You <laughs> know what <laughs> I mean I'm going error
1: Yeah um, And then he goes to me no, you actually won't be working all your life. There's a European directive that tells you how many hours you can work a week, mm-hmm. right? You'll be earning a wage from the beginning and it'll be interesting. You'll be seeing different things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He goes, look, I enjoy it and I'm doing it. The guy's now a respiratory consultant. Oh, wow. Yeah. And um, and that one conversation coupled with the, like distaste taste of the, my experience in the <laughs> yeah. dental practice, right? Yeah actually made me decide to go to medicine mm. okay so i was doing that so on the but on the first day of the access course mm. right I could remember the grade i got a b mm. right so 16, 16. yeah you remember that yeah <laughs> i'm sure you're not gonna forget it um so i went on the first day and they told me no we'll put you in the biomed course because you never got AA. oh wow oh, who said that the the course leaders
2: Okay. Is it at the university or at the no, college? at Lambeth College. Okay. Oh, the Lambeth College, okay.
1: And then I went in and yeah. I was like, I was furious.
2: Oh, we know Osama, don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> for so an like, <laughs> like
0: this, we're going to digress slightly, but Osama is um, an a political activist. When I see him, I just put my hands up in the air. He's a, a social warrior standing up for the rights of justice and the, <laughs> the wider community at large. Um, so if there's an ounce of injustice or any sort of misbehavior or something he will you know make a fuss he'll write you know a 20 page document he will write to your local mp like believe me he will make the 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 world shake (laughs) until he gets justice so i'm kind of imagining you but at the tender age of 22 with a bit more vigor (laughs) and you know know. and a bit more energy but yeah Yeah. kind of tell us through that
1: I think i am watching too much films like Shawshank
0: Redemption Yeah, when I was younger yeah. <laughs> I used to <laughs> cry in those films yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah I, I wish you saw uh, the activism
1: fine so I actually got up and like and it was my teacher and then he actually told I turned around and goes to him I, you know I go to him why am I in the biomed course he goes and he goes to me no no you go in the biomed course and then you take a year out Right, and then you can apply for medicine. This is me if I can go I can go into biomed right now if I wanted to. Right? And I got up and I, and I was just like, You're ruining my life Yeah, and I just walked out. I took a breather and then he followed me. Okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like literally it was like proper dramatic, isn't it? Yeah. No, yeah. I can imagine. And then he followed me and told me, worry Tom- I'll support your application. You just gotta prove to us that you can get the grades, right? That to get into medical yeah. school. And all this.
0: So, so you bullied your college tutor into letting you go into medical <laughs> school. Like, I can imagine you just waiting outside school with like a baseball bat. <laughs> next to his, his car window screen. And he's like, biomed, what? <laughs>
1: nah, I love the guy, man. He was yeah. my math teacher. okay, And um, he was really supportive. Mm. Right. Um, and, you know, he, he helped me out a lot. And he, and he gave me, a, once I got the grades, mm. he, gave, he gave me a reference to go forward. So when I was applying for medical school, like I said, I was... Mm. Uh, what I applied for dental school, I sent all the emails. Yeah. But then I had send all the emails to medical school down. Mm. Mm. I even spent a weekend in Cambridge, right, for mature students. Yeah. Because I was, you know, this... I was still afraid that I was, like, you know, too old. Mm. Yeah. And I was like, let me go spend a weekend in Cambridge. they got a free weekend and all this crap. So I spent it there. And I emailed Cambridge. And Cambridge only accepted one access course in the country. Mm. Right. Mm. But they said, come bring your whole syllabus and we'll take it to our preclinical board mm, yeah. and we review it and see if we we will accept it mm. not accept me as an offer yeah. just accept it accept. <laughs> yeah, yeah this
2: was cambridge
0: at the time right yeah so i'm quite surprised for them to kind of entertain or kind of engage in something like this i would have expected them straight off the bat saying you know we don't accept
3: yeah
0: unconventional routes into medicine unless you know you've got the straight a stars and the a's and a level so um it's quite surprising to hear that at least they kind of entertained it to say.
1: One hundred percent, yeah. No, th- they did entertain it, and because they accepted one, why can't they accept the other?
3: Right. That was my view anyway.
1: Yeah. Right. Like they opened the doors for that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I mean, I mean, and, and Cambridge is like you know it's a bit more understanding than Oxford, I would say. Mm.
3: Okay. Oh,
1: yeah. Um. So anyway, so I would I would apply to all the universities and I would sit down with them. Some of them rejected the access course. Mm. Some of them didn't. Mm. And I think it was this teacher who told me to do the emails, right? This math teacher, I thought they ruined my life, mm, yeah. right? He was the one that said, email everyone. Mm. So, I uh, Kings at that time, mm. um, as we all went, we, um, I applied for the extended medical degree program. Mm-hmm. It was tailored for people from mm. our background, mm-hmm. you know? And there's a girl who got into medicine who was studying, who was doing the access course, mm. right? And she told me to come to this outreach mm. that kings do for the extended medical degree program so it's every wednesdays they get a doctor to come in you know one day it could be uh, an emergency medicine doctor yeah. it could be a respiratory doctor it could be one session on applications, it could be medical students, but there to inspire kids from South London mm. and the mainly, it was mainly aimed at South London, but like in London generally to get into medical school. Mm. Yeah. Right. And King's used to have, King's College London used to have that every Wednesday. So I would go with this bunch of kids, but I'll make sure I'll sit at the front. Mm. Right. And only ask the relevant questions. Yeah. So when it came to my applications, mm. And so, I, and then, so it took a long time to write my personal statement, but I got my friend's sister to help me out, and you know, I wrote it, and then she, she, you know, she, 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 helped me with the English with it, and I sent it to everyone, everybody, everything. Yeah. Anyway, I got rejected from everywhere. Mm-hmm. I didn't apply for Cambridge. So where did
0: you end up applying for? So I know you. So practicing. applied for Leicester. Leicester.
1: So, so Leicester, I didn't score high enough for my UK cat. Because mm-hmm. I had to find out everyone what they done. Mm. Um university of east anglia said they wanted a levels and the access course so they only changed their laws their know. their rules at the last minute so it didn't yeah, make sense that. that didn't make sense so yeah know. uh brian and sussex medical school they wanted a distinction in every single module mm. and some mm. modules have got merits not distinctions I see. And so there was kings left so kings came very last minute mm. and i had the interview so the girl that got into medicine the year before she told me you know Um. Tell me, wear something where you walk in, they'll notice you straight away.
3: Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She goes, we have to wear something, so I wore like this checkered, white and black like suit. Mm. Uh, Yeah. 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 You still dressed like that. You? Yeah. Osama's the type of guy. You wore
2: a checkered <laughs> suit to your, to your interview. No, yeah. I'm not surprised to hear that. You're, you know we, 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 that you know, comes we, close to your baseball jacket to your interview. No, that was that was out um,
0: of necessity, not having a suit. So, I like Osama still dressed like that. You oh know, you're the type of geez. guy. I was I was wondering, or I was hoping to hear you rocked up as an FY one, with, with with a with a bow tie, and like with a waistcoat as like a, the most junior member of the team. But
2: yeah, no, but bold bold movements and bold yeah. moves. Yeah. They, take, they, they have dividends that pay off and they most, most likely remembered you because of that.
1: 100%. And then m- my friend my friend gave me advice he goes pray pray to God to give you a sign. Mm. Then you know I've got uh, uh, you know a man of faith so I did do that. And then my first station mm. the person just looked at me and goes to me oh I know you! <laughs> and it, it was it was um the person who's the head of EMDP now, yeah, mm-hmm. or the extended medical degree program, mm-hmm. but she used to run the outreach course, the outreach course, and right. she saw me and she would be like, she'll see me in the front, yes, asking the questions, yeah, and she recognized me. Yeah. Wow. So that I was like, God, I was like,
0: <laughs> what that? Your side? Did you? How are you feeling <laughs> that one time when, as in, like an in interview that that step closer, and then you know, it's it's nerve wracking. Everyone's nervous. A few of you already been through it, like that recognition or did it kind of 180 in terms of your mood your your motivation in terms of how you're feeling and how you went forward that day
1: 100 percent. like you know when you get a good sign yeah it's positive right mm. and so i felt those those type of things help the interview move forward mm. and it relieves yeah. your nerves a lot mm. it does, yeah. right and you know having an interviewer Who's, who's who's there and you think is willing to listen to you, mm-hmm. you know, always helps and it helped, and it helps the good vibes as well. Yeah. It makes your good self come out, yeah Absolutely. right? Um, helped a lot. Helped a lot. And I actually attended the outreach the next the next week as well, and I saw her there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like you know, and then she just would become friendly, but she avoided telling me the outcome of the interview at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. Which right? And you know me, I'm just trying to like always yeah, yeah just just trying to scoop up information oh how was it or oh, how many people the for the mark yeah. for the next 3 weeks yeah yeah <laughs>
2: just a reminder you had the evening. yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> like me you know yeah, yeah. just check it suit <laughs> yeah
2: yeah you know what though? throughout your whole journey right you are clearly absolutely dedicated to the cause to go through all of the effort of attending week in week out and an event where you're just being inspired um, and then it all paid off your first interview was the person leading that yeah. weekly event it just shows that efforts do eventually pay off you might not know when and where but one day they do sort of pay, pay you back
1: um, 100% I completely believe in that I think that I think everything comes from effort alright mm. and everything comes from you know if you're if you put your mind to something you know it sounds so cliche mm-hmm. you know put your mind to something it'll you know, happen right but I also believe generally life um, Life is how we see things. Yeah. If we see things in a negative light, it will be negative. Mm. If you see things in a positive light, it will be positive. Absolutely. Life is, however, you decide how your life is, right? Mm. Because you decide how you see the world. Yeah. Right. Um. And I and I think that if you always if you're working towards something and you see the positives that come out from it, you would always be happy and content inside, yeah. and you'd always get your goal no matter what you know what I mean
2: yeah absolutely so tell us then how how did it feel then when you when you saw the here's your offer to study medicine
1: I think I was walking I I, I was I was walking on the street and they sent me an update Mm. and then I was just like so anxious and I was like whoa and when I got it I was just just immense like it was just next level like you know I just I ran home and I just told my Mm. mum my mum was sleeping I woke her up yeah alright And she's just like, uh, she she woke up thinking something bad happened. Like, what happened? Yeah. 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 His mom got into medical school and she was just like to start crying then and there. And then, you know, I didn't cry myself. Mm. Right. But I was like so happy, so relieved, Mm. so like, you, you know, like getting to medical school, it was such... You just can't explain the, the feeling at that point
2: Were you over Because I remember how I felt And I literally It was overwhelming to know yeah. that That door has opened Like mm. that feeling I don't think I even felt when qualifying Yeah Would you agree? Would you say?
1: 100% I agree with that <laughs> yeah, yeah. More than anything
2: The feeling of getting in through the doors yes. Right? Yeah Yeah Because yeah.
1: Yeah. when you're qualifying You're kind of happy that you qualify But you're kind of sad that you're going to miss medical school <laughs> Yeah <laughs>
2: you get through the door It's like I've achieved A lifelong dream And that's my career Now that I've got look f- I can look forward to Yes Um. But I remember feeling Absolutely overwhelmed mm. Yeah I can Imagine how you felt Do yeah.
1: you know what I mean I mean it's just it, you, you put it correctly Nothing compares No achievement in life I think I will have mm. Yeah Apart from probably Maybe having kids mm. Right yeah. But no achievement in life Will probably Compare to that I agree mm. uh, and, I, and I think It's, it's, it's You know Cause it's so hard to get into it mm-hmm. and you know you work so hard but it, like you said you know hard work pays off
0: and I think for you it, it was that extra special for like you know you finally kind of having been through what you have kind of now your life is on track now you know where you're going I think the beauty of medicine that other degrees or other conventional subjects don't give is once you're in you know okay I'm kind of sorted I know where this leads to I know the the end goal I know how this will pan out whereas a degree in economics or finance you're a bit you know you do your three four years and after that you're a bit caught up you might not get a job you might have to jump to a masters a PhD whatnot but um, I think for you it must have felt like okay fine now I've sorted now I know I'm going I have finally got this this route or this this life that I want to lead so med school so we so so for all the people listening me Osama Ams, and our coho we're in the same year um, summer he he is older than us but he looks younger than us he has this beautiful skin yeah. and you know like he was young and energetic so took us through med school how was it your struggles your achievements and kind of took us through that journey
1: so um, I think it was my first week of med school and I was with, and I was with you guys and I was just like 24 Mm. for that time i think you guys were like 18 18 and so it was the first week and i was like oh my god <laughs> i was like i'm gonna be with these kids like and you guys will find i'm not every- even
2: normal kid. these are kids from the ends who have like yeah so <laughs> gonna i'm gonna be- cut
0: myself as a dysfunctional kid in that moment <laughs> in time very like, you were talking about like um the quality of English you speak, you know, the professional interviews and the ones you speak with your mates, that thing. My baseline was just like slang. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. I, I... <laughs> well, it got you into medical school, so... <laughs> I couldn't uh, string a, a sentence with the Queen's English to save my life. Do you know what I mean? To the point where people used to take me to a side and say, you know, you need to fix up your act. You're a doctor now or you're going to become a doctor. So, um, yeah, it's quite interesting to see your side of it. Because obviously, we're buzzing, work are kids, we've got a were fresh like you know mm. and you kind of have had so much life experience by that point and kind of seen us um so yeah continue with
1: so um yeah so in my first two weeks i was like oh my god i was like these are kids they laugh at everything <laughs> yeah <Just laughs> laughing. yeah, Just are, yeah. Laughing everything. <laughs> i was like they laugh at everything i was like am i gonna be stuck with these people for like six years and then about a month down the line um, I was like I was At that point I was like Okay I need to change mm. I can't expect other people to change mm. I was like I need to tone myself down Yeah. Because otherwise I'm going to have no friends at medical school mm. I won't be able to get along with anybody <clears throat> So I will force myself to fit in Yeah Right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then from there you know, formed strong relationships until this day, mm. right? Mm. Friends friends from medical school until this day. And I think friends from medical school probably will stay with you until life.
2: Yeah, they'll stay forever.
1: Yeah, because I think that was the longest, outside of secondary school when we were too young, that was the longest period you've known somebody.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: And so, um yeah, so at the same time, before I started medical school, I worked as a HCA, mm-hmm. healthcare assistant. Uh, I think one thing I didn't mention earlier is that, um, I live alone mm-hmm. right and I also pay rent by myself yeah. right and um, so I had to work as a HCA to make things meet yeah. like uh, like life meet um, so when so the first year of medical school went good I loved it it was my yeah. best year it reminds me of year six of primary school yeah. right Mm-hmm. And then, I, it was so good, the first year of medical school. I joined every society there was. Once I decided that I wasn't too old for medical school, yeah. I think a lot of people start medical school in the beginning, and they come in as maybe a mature student, because that's why I am, I'm 24 years old, yeah. I'm starting medical school, and I don't have another degree. I just have life experiences and work. But then I still treated it as my first experience in university. Yeah. Hmm. So I joined every society... Like, I signed up for everything, I was gonna make the most out of life. You're that guy. As far as I saw I was tendency to be late, I'm gonna be honest. Yeah. Um,
0: we used to go, so at Guy's, at King's, the main campus is at Quad, which is basically underneath the Shard, and the lecture theatre is around the corner because we had like 400 plus students. And to kind of go from one building to the lecture theatre would take a good 15, 20, pushing to half an hour because he would know everyone on campus. He would have an interest in a hobby, and he was able to spark a conversation with anyone. You're like super bubbly, super energetic, which is something I've always, mm. in, like, been in awe of you. Which you know is a skill that I probably don't have. It's like you can strike up a conversation with anyone and get to know them very quickly, and make them feel very comfortable. The downside to that is walking, you know, ten meters is, is a pain because every person <laughs> he meets will have a good hearty conversation. Um, not you know how's the dog, how's the kids? Like a I proper, still have that problem. I know now. you still so, so <laughs> yeah. I, I do worry like in the hospital corridors.
3: Yeah,
0: so I do worry about Osama and his ward rounds because you know I've heard of ward rounds finishing, but like, like so, <laughs> university. Like, what is like your highlight
1: or let's talk about the struggles. Okay, let me talk about the, the good times. Yeah, so yeah, so I was working as a healthcare assistant, and then um, so. It was it, this main struggle of university is this: mm. if you come in as a mature student, mm. you're you're used to, you're used to earning a wage,
3: mm. yeah,
1: right, and that that wage sustains your life, mm. and you become very independent. You live by yourself, you pay all your bills, and you may even support your support other people in your family. Mm. Then you go into medical school, mm. and all of a sudden, you have to give your time to medical school. Yeah, yeah, right, and you can maximum up two days a week mm. that halves your wage completely. I think every mature student goes through this struggle. Yeah. yeah. Right? And for me, it was a very hard struggle. You know, it's the, it was the reason why, well, you know, I love medical school. I made so many friends. I've done everything that I wanted to do there. But I didn't want to sacrifice my medical school for my work. Mm, yeah. But that ended up happening anyway. Yeah. Right? Um, so, I got to my year two, mm. in, in my second year, my third year medical school. Basically, I couldn't take the exams because I was working as a HCA. Like And I was working as a proper healthcare assistant Mm. You know I'll be I'll be you know Helping elderly people Wash them Mm. Things that I'll never be used to Mm. I still remember my first day As a healthcare assistant Yeah I think I think I still remember I I was so lost Right Mm. As a healthcare assistant I was helping uh, um, An an, an elderly patient Right Elderly man um, uh, Take a poo Mm. Right but in next to his bed on one of these chairs that they use Mm -hmm. right because they can't move him to the toilet yeah and you know poor guy and then i think i was there and i think the smell was so bad it was so bad it's my first day and then i think he was he like his pee was stuck right and I had to manually evacuate his poo with my hand.
2: That's an actual job, by the way, that we do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not gonna. That, that reminds me of gonna, that they story. They don't finish. As <laughs> a <laughs> doctor, to. you're gonna do a lot more.
0: Oh As to. an F1, think, I'm gonna cut you up, As an F1, I remember. I remember. <laughs> so, so basically, it reminds me of that story when I was F1, and my consultant basically. So we had a patient who came in, um, ruptured spleen. Elderly man. Till today, I remember him one of my all-time favourite patients, um, really unwell, lost a, a large amount of volume in terms of blood. So they operated on him as an emergency, found four litres of blood in his abdominal cavity, and he ended up in IT as he dude. And he was finding it difficult to, you know, pass door whatnot. Um, so my consultant was like, you know, just do a manual evacuation. He's in pain. Um, so I went... Kind of manual up... evacuation, you mean? So manual evacuation, essentially, when you use your it's going to be a bit explicit. When you use your hands to kind of go to into the back
1: passage. Into somebody's bum and take their poo out. Yeah. yeah. You,
0: you you dig it out. Yeah. yeah. It out. I'm <laughs> so like, I did that. And so I was like, okay, fine. Do you know what? I don't mind doing it because I'm helping someone. And I, like, like he was my, like all time favorite patient. I was like, do you know what? Massive relief. And like, do you know what? This is what I signed up for. This is me. Like, you know, gratification. And I remember I went to handover. over. And I'm sitting at the back and I came late. And what got me was my reg took the, like, he claimed he did it. Like, he was out there at the front and he's like, guys, I just did a man evacuation after years. And, you know, taking all the credit for him and he got, like, a, like an applause. And it's me at the back <laughs> and I can just smell it. Like, I can oh. smell it around me. And I'm thinking, what? I was out there, you know, like, digging. Like, <laughs> and, <laughs> digging. With, with a single pair of gloves rather than doubling up. because I didn't You even double up? Like, yeah, I never doubled up, so like oh my God. living life on the edge. And he's out here not having done nothing, and he's just like, and he accepted my applause. <laughs> he still accepted my applause, and it's, I was like, "It's the worst." And you're such a, do. and you yeah, you know yeah. when you're F one, you don't know what the, what the protocol is or what to do. I'm very good, guys. Friends with the with the Reg now, but man, it just broke my heart having <laughs> kind of been through that. But um, no. I feel you. I've been there, and it's not pleasant. But I think. It's one of those things you have to do as part of the job and it, it's, it's at times it's for them, more so for us. But yeah, after that, <laughs> <laughs> that, that digression, uh, go back to fine. So you're, you're doing your HCA, you're doing a lot of jobs that you probably haven't done before. You're looking after people, especially younger people, helping them with the basic necessities of life. You are used to, you know, living by yourself, you've got bills, you didn't have the luxury as me and Ams where you were at home you know, you had your your parents' roof, you had food, washing up, done for you, You living life as you were, plus medical school, plus work. How did it start affecting med school?
1: Well, it meant that I had issues with paying rent and stuff. Mm. And then um, I had to take a a, a my year Mm. in medical school and he delayed it even further. I mean, if one thing I would say going back now, think i should have planned how i was gonna you know anybody going as a mature student needs to have some sort of financial plan right whether it's getting a job and how you can maintain it and how to maintain a good job and study medical school You mm. need to be quite an organized person as well i think i took that for granted mm. so i deferred my 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 exams in year three it means i had to repeat repeat a year mm-hmm. and um yeah so i went through medical school like that like, there'll be times I'll come back from my HCA shift and night shift and I'll come to a lecture.
3: Mm. Yeah.
1: Like, and that was tiring. I remember that. And I'll come in my uniform as well. And then, um, so, after that, you know, went, went through, got through medical school. Like, I mean, got through the years. I think I, I think the, one of the years that changed my life in medical school. Yeah. Right, is when I failed my year, our equivalent of the year four exams. Mm-hmm right which was my first clinical exam mm. I think that changed me completely and made me more serious about medical school
0: and the failure would you attribute to you having to have worked and not being able to dedicate to what is like a, a very intensive course where you need to put in the hours yeah it, it, you know medicine so you know for the, the aspirational people listening medicine not only is it skill talent it's yes putting the hours you can be like the smartest person, but you still need to put in the hours. You still need to do that. Um, how did you feel? Failing as medics or generally high achievers. Failing is out of the question. You, we're talking hundreds, nineties, eighties, anything below that. It's like, do you know what? Don't even go there. But to all of a sudden fail a whole year of med school, which is always a very, very small number of people. How did you take that? How did that feel? Having already kind of been set back already, you know, a few years late. To kind of study medicine, what was the process?
1: I think I was lucky because I was in, I, when I got my results, we were all together. Do you remember? Yeah. Oh, wow. We were together. I just remembered. Do you remember? Tell us how that, so, yeah. so, we were, we, we were doing the first journey Mar trip mm. together yeah. and it was exciting times, you know. We were in Bangladesh. We were in Bangladesh. It was like a new journey for us. We were doing charity work, yeah. you know, something that we all helped with mm. and I think that it was the beginning of it, and it was just like a new experience for all of us. Yeah. So, our blood was pumping with excitement during that time as well, mm. and I think we, we all got our grades at the same time, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 And then we were all eating in the shopping mall. Yeah, In I in what in in, in 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 Silla in the, yeah. in the one of the towns in Bangladesh where we were in, right? And I think we were. Oh, just uh, just to let it out. Know, Journey Ma was just like a, a charity student led charity that, mm-hmm. that, that was that was set up by um, our, one of our friends which I think I'm sure yeah. you he's
2: coming on next
0: week yeah he's coming on next week yeah he's got a busy schedule he's very hard to get hold of you know being an international representative but um, we were out we were journey so it was called a Journey Mall, so the summer campaign yeah. we kind of went helped pregnant mothers in Bangladesh workshops health seminars and um, Basic health checks and yeah, I remember it. I can literally imagine it right That now. was the first year after the. So that was the, the first year right? ever, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So Inesh, yeah, that that journey learned I leave for a kill to talk about. Yeah, we'll yeah. save that for a kill. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. His, headache. That yeah. his headache. Yeah, <laughs> we'll save that for next week. Yeah, so anyway, um, and we were all there excited. You know, we made friends there yeah. and everything like that. We were all sitting down eating, and then we all get our grades. I mean, you lot got your grades mm. and. Everyone got their grades, and you know, and we're looking at it. And then I got my grade. Mm. I was like, wow. Because I had to, and I got my grade, and I realized, wow, I felt. Mm. <sighs> and then, you know, everyone wanted to comfort me at that time and stuff like that. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. I didn't want to dead the vibe. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. You know, we had such a good time, but you know, when you go on holiday, you can dead the vibe. Yeah. I didn't really want to do that. So I was just, let me go back to my hotel room mm. and just slept. And then when I, was, I just like literally just went to my I closed the shutters mm. and just slept, mm. <laughs> right? Mm. And then it, and then in my bed I was thinking, you know what? Just deal with this when you go back to London. Mm. So we got back to London, and we had to attend this program, mm. right? This program they bring in like these actors, mm. right, who teach you. It's almost like they teach you how to be human. Oh, wow. Right? <laughs> I,
2: I think I I went to one of these class. Did you have to was it the class where you look in the mirror and you put your chest out you need to go? A...
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can do this. Yeah. And and I think <laughs> so do they bring the mirror or do you have to bring your own mirror? <laughs> no, like they proper like they will critique us in the first time. It's like they'll train us for interview training like the same way I would say they train like private private school children or private yeah. school children to do interviews mm-hmm. or like the way that a prime minister is trained to speak in the yeah, pundit yeah, like that right mm. you know they were talking about it's all about body language it's all about how you stand you know why is your or, or why do you lock your legs when you stand yeah. you know or, or why is your arms folded you're given a closed position mm. you know all these like yeah, little yeah. things here mm. so on the first day they just like wrecked us right we really all feel bad that we just all felt the air right and they just wrecked us I felt so down that day, yeah. right? And I think, and then I, and then I think, Akil called me in it, mm-hmm. right? And at that point, I told him, yeah, and I was like, I was like, this is, this is that, this is that, life, shit, <laughs> Like, <laughs> just laying it out. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I still remember that. And I think he said he said a couple like you know, encouraging words to me at that time. He goes, look, you know, this is part of their job right in mm-hmm. order for them to improve you mm-hmm. they have to show you how crap you are yeah. mm-hmm. but it's only to improve you mm-hmm. right and obviously they can do that to anyone and it'll be the same result <laughs> so it's not you personally they'll do that they're, they're not like targeting you there's nothing wrong with you personally like that but it's just that that's their job they can say that to anyone even the most successful people mm-hmm. it doesn't reflect on the fact that just because you aren't successful there's anything wrong with you yeah mm-hmm. And so that kind of, that helped a lot. And then, so, after that, you know, I went with the program, Mm. and then life started to change. You know, it made me realize that I can take more opportunities at medical school.
3: Mm.
1: And then, so, I met this, uh, then they had well-being coaches, Mm. right, at university. I thought, you know what, let me sit down with a well-being coach. Mm you know let me try and see what I want to do sat down with this well-being coach I was like you know what let me pursue the things I want to pursue in life she sat down with me I made a plan about my life so you know I want to make sure I pass my exams oh there's this trip to Japan I want to go to mm. oh I was also interested in healthcare politics mm. right she goes oh there's a commission called the, the there's the policy institute at the university is hiring people for this commission mm. you know oh I'm applying for a job at TFL Mm. there's so many things I wanted to do now like it just opened the boundaries of what I can do mm. right like in terms of being successful mm. and like I thought you know let me enjoy this while I do medical school I was like you know what medicine can be enjoyed I can enjoy medicine medicine is mm. just not about molecules and anatomy and yeah. and cells mm. you know medicine is about people mm. and I love people mm. right so <laughs> you know annual I- evacuation yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> no but it's interesting as in, like a lot of people fail it's a massive setback and they can never bounce back like it just affects them and then they go and fail the second year the third year and they end up leaving medicine whereas you you kind of took on the chin um and you kind of realigned or re-pivoted rather and kind of saw in a whole different light in the beginning naturally i imagine it's it's awful i still remember when we were there it was such an awful thing for us because we didn't know what to do we don't know. Should we just throw a party for you or do we just let you have your space? So you're dealing with that. So for you to kind of take in your stride and realize, you know what, there's so much more to medicine, there's so much more to medical school or university at large. Let me do X, Y and Z. Um, you're talking about all the different things you were involved in. Um, and one of the core cool things you were working on at the time was the social prescribing. Um, kind of talk about what it is. Um, for people that may not be too aware of it and why it resonated with you.
1: Okay. So um, so I learned social prescribing mm. through the Policy Institute and my work with them, right? Mm. Well, we, it was a commission that a uh, couple of professors yeah. went to Simon Stevens, told him, I've got a great, great idea. You want new innovation, new ideas? Let's get a bunch of students to come up with ideas to mm. fix the NHS. Mm. Yeah. That's what it was and social prescribing was one of those ideas Mm. but social prescribing was already happening Mm -hmm. right but we came up with an idea to push it forward now social prescribing is the idea that a clinician Mm. could be a doctor a nurse a physiotherapist Mm. refer somebody Mm. right to a who who has a clinical problem Mm. so that could be depression it could be CO It could be it could be somebody With asthma or COPD mm-hmm. Right Who suffers from loneliness mm. And their condition Is making their mental health worse mm. Okay Right But instead of giving them medication They they refer them To a non-clinical service mm. Right Which could be anywhere from A bingo class mm. An art class mm. A book reading club mm. Or even Someone to sit down with them who For financial help Mm-hmm Right, and the idea is that these services will help you with your mood, Mm, right? Will help you connect with other people, Mm. oh, yeah, will help you deal with your life problems, Mm, mm. right? Whereas, that in itself, because your mood improves and your life is going and you become more positive, Mm. that will lift the burden of your loneliness, it will lift the burden of your long term condition, Mm. right? Because anyone who has Anyone who has a long-term condition like a heart problem or diabetes, right? Mm. If they suffer from depression or low mood, it makes that condition worse. Mm, worse. Yeah. yeah. Right. I agree. And so that was the idea, mm. right? Because they, there was a survey that came out and said a fifth of patients who see GPs see them for a non-clinical problem.
2: Yeah. yeah. So on that point, right? So I did a psych job which was quite active. So I did a clinic once a week where I see where I saw patients for the first time, referred from the GP, right? And um, before this whole pandemic, I actually thought there was an epidemic of growing loneliness. So they'd purely come in to see me and their problems would be like, I don't have any friends. Um, or if there'd be a 19 year old who has no friends at university and now is struggling at work and the universe has referred. Or the cases would be a 50 year old with diabetes that's lonely, lost their husband three years ago and now had just lost the will to live. And I thought it just went across every single age category, the concept of loneliness. Um, so how far did this get, the social prescribing thing?
1: So social prescribing was something new. And, you know... Like, I can't
2: believe it's not been done already. That's the...
1: that's the, No, uh, it's... Yeah. yeah. As, it, as in... Is, uh, it's not a thing yet. It exists, but I don't it, think it's it, widespread, no. is it? Or? It exists, and it's yeah. increasing in uptake. Mm. Okay. I think... Living in the um, I think in the western world Generally mental health Has become more of an issue Yeah yeah. Right Just because the way we live And we're not as connected Mm. as before Mm. Right So I think As time goes past Social ascribing will grow Mm. Yeah Like from the beginning When I was looking at it First of all Mm. Right There was hardly anyone doing it But now everyone has Their own models And ways of doing it Mm. Yeah Right And I think it's increasing As time goes Mm. Like even like I was doing my Fifth year GP placement Yeah Mm. Right, and they wanted to introduce social prescribing and that was my project okay. to oh, introduce really nice. to introduce it to them, and show them the models that they can use in their local area. Yeah, right. It's because now everybody wants to do it because we will have an aging population. Mm. Yeah, the main aim was with the aging population, but I, I but we came up with the idea that. Why is it limited to the age to the elderly? Exactly, I agree with that. Like we are all live lonely lives at the moment, mm. you know. And from experience myself, you know, sometimes I'm lonely, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And I live by myself, right? But I would love to connect, but I thrive when I connect with other mm. people, mm. I thrive when I'm with my friends, mm. I thrive when I do things together. Mm. And that's the whole point of social prescribing. Mm. And obviously, the reason why it hasn't been uptake is because even as medics, right, we just see pure science if there's not a tablet or if it's not pure science based <laughs> we just we just look down on it and mm. many medics look at psychiatry and all these things on down on anyway yeah right that's true and they don't know how to use these services and they mm. don't realize there is evidence behind it right and mm. how it works mm. but obviously it's quite new and evidence needs to be you know gathered a lot more evidence needs to be gathered mm. yeah but they don't they don't understand the effects of it I think I think and I think medis, I think medics generally can be too narrow minded and too uh, tunnel vision. Mm. Yeah. Although they're supposed to be scientists. Y-
2: you know what? It's also that medics are naturally we have a measured endpoint. We give a tablet one week later, cured or yes. surgery in within minutes a cure. I think when it comes to this loneliness concept, depression and these mental health related issues, especially, um, it's a it's a goal that you earn over I would say a year. Yeah. Um and even, even it, it, yeah. they take years sometimes yeah. to have a true effect.
1: Mm. Um, 100%. And so yeah, so we done the we done the NHS commission mm. and it was such a success. Mm. You know, I learned so much from it. Mm. And then I was like what now? Mm. Right. So I was like I really believe social prescribing we can introduce it into university mm. and mm-hmm. for young people. Mm. And why don't we digitalize it? Mm. And why does it need to be in the NHS? Mm. Why can't people social prescribe each other? Mm. Why can't we have somebody who's just trained simple on some simple mental health awareness stuff mm. for things, right? And why can't students social prescribe other students? Mm. Mm. So, um, I so I came up with, so I took I came up with the idea to digitalize it and you know and with me and another uh, uh, colleague who was also doing the NHS commission with us she's a mental health nurse mm. and I got another friend who was in MA with us as well mm. Mm. and she was quite good with the digital side of things and you know marketing and media and so um, I got them to help with this as well and I applied for and then, then I contact the Entrepreneur institute at university mm. they loved that idea. Mm. This was all while studying. Yeah. Mm. Well. Okay. Yeah. So I took the year out to the NHS Commission. Mm. Yeah. But when I came back for the fourth year, um, for my fifth year, sorry, I was like, okay, I am going to carry this on. Mm. There's so much from this NHS Commission mm. that I yeah. believe we can carry on. Mm. Yeah. Even though the NHS took our ideas <laughs> and put it on their long term, their long term. Oh, yeah, published in. in yeah. The, in there. Yeah. So their yeah. i our ideas they incorporate all ideas we came up with and they put it into the long-term plan and didn't give us no credit Mm. right like you don't have any ip did you yeah no no and we were paid to do the job for them so technically they're within their rights yeah yeah because they paid you for that service like we were they paid us for it Mm. and you know the 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 social prescribing thing as well yeah came out on the the previous chief medical officer not 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 this one who doesn't look like what he's doing right <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> the, the the previous chief medical officer yeah, yeah yeah we we have a section where we talk about social prescribing mm-hmm. and the future of digital health for young people yeah. so it was actually published on the chief medical officer's report i think it was 2018 mm. yeah 2018 yeah anyway so um so we came up with this idea called our shared health hmm right and then, funny enough, somebody actually asked me about it yesterday. Mm. Mm. All right. I love the name, Asher Health.
2: Yeah, Health. And I remember going to so a few of the that. events, yeah.
1: Because then we were like, we were all sharing our health and we were all about, you know, loneliness and reducing it and everything mm. like that. And we worked with the university, we worked at Entrepreneur Institute, we entered competitions to get money from it as mm. well. And, you know, we were the last 10 in one of their competitions. We went to the House of Lords, mm. you know, mm-hmm. it was really exciting. Yeah. You know, entrepreneurship was a new thing for me. yeah. yeah. And, like, you can always this. This is a lesson you learn. Mm. If you expose yourself to new things in life, mm. you'll realize things about yourself you never knew you had. Right. Mm. So I never knew I was a creative person, mm. but then all of a sudden I done the NHS commission, and they taught us creativity. We went to the went to the London School of Arts, mm. and they'll teach us about creative thinking. Mm. Yeah. Right. Creative thinking, but for medicine in the arts institute. Yeah. Right. And then so I and so I believe generally if you always expose yourself to a lot of things and you realize how much your potential is right mm. like don't be afraid to step into that circle don't be afraid to do, to do something mm. like go go with it yeah. yeah and in that and in that struggle you'll learn who you are mm. and what you can do mm. anyway so um it went good we done like projects the the university were were launching their mental health campaign as well mm. so it was uh, it went you know so good with it right yeah. and we done their mental health week and we helped them out and you know then we started doing events ourselves at university you know mm-hmm. like i remember one of the events uh, you yeah, one of them, yeah yeah it was called alternative valentine yeah mm-hmm. right realize you know everyone's valentine i remember valentine day i'll walk in my local area and i'll see the armies of couples walking down the streets mm. right yeah? yeah and i was like okay not all of us got not all of us have got that yeah. but it doesn't mean we can be friends can't meet up on mm. valentine's day right so that's when i said it like that not everyone has a partner to me on valentine's day mm. so we made that day up for everyone and then it was a really good really, success yeah it was like
0: i went helped out someone, but it was really well received and like it was a very novel idea at the time um but yeah, I think it, it was a very interesting project or like a campaign rather, and I think there's still room and scope for it to grow and become national and a widespread scheme. Um, I'm conscious you need to head off to work. So to kind of wrap it up, you, since you are a newly qualified doctor, congratulations. You're the, the, the cohort of the COVID, of the COVID era as they say, you opted to kind of risk it all and start working on the front line way before your due to start which is august how has that been or before that how does it feel to have finally finished medical school after you know what you said nine years not having a graduation or well you lot did have a graduation of a zoo that and kind of just wrap up by telling us what it feels like to finally be a doctor on the wards doing what you set out nine years ago
1: so i'll go back to what the phrase i was talking about earlier walking down memory lane yeah I think it was a day before I started as a doctor. Because mm. obviously in lockdown, graduating, it's kind of... You've, it, it's taken the vibe out of graduating. Yeah. Right? And so... And you're kind of like taking it one step at a time. You know? It does feel great. Mm. And it feels like, you know, like a journey. We've passed this journey. And we've gone through it and everything. But I was walking down memory lane. Mm. I walked around okay. the place. I walked past the hospital I worked at the HCA. Mm. Remember the struggles that I had during that time. Mm. Walked past the the area I used to hang around as a kid, mm. and this was the day before I'm starting my my new yeah. job as a doctor. Yeah. Then I even walked past the Royal College GPs. Rem- <laughs> remember, remembering the, the times I used to run late. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I and I actually took a picture outside there. Yeah. I actually took a picture outside the Royal College GPs. And I was like You know what Remember this day Right This is the last day As being a student mm, And yeah. tomorrow I'll be a doctor Oh, mm. well, I'm a doctor anyway But you know yeah. Like a working, working doctor Working
3: doctor yeah
1: And then um, The reason why I chose To work early You know I thought to myself We came into this profession These are the risks mm. I've always Thought that I have to help In situations where I can help And therefore, and they promised us they they you know they said we're not gonna go to COVID wards and all these things that's Mm. actually going on, and you know I've had like you know like like close people to me Who die of COVID, Mm. you know Mm. one was my friend's mum, another was a family friend, Mm -hmm. right? And I thought you know why not help, you Mm. know, like like take all the precautions you need, but. I just can't sit in my home, just doing nothing. Well, like you know, you guys are my friends, and you mm. guys are helping. Why can't I help? Mm. You know mm. what I mean. So and plus, lockdown was killing me. <laughs> <laughs> what better way to see your friends? The, yeah, the, the truth. Down is truth. We, we got we got there at the end, guys. We're
0: <laughs> bored of lockdown, but um, you,
2: you know what? So with the whole F I Y one and F Y one, I think the F I Y one is is probably the safest time to actually start FY1 I think it's safer than the conventional August period because um, right now there's more consultants, more SHOs mm. more registrars in so I think that level of backup or um, the safety net of if you don't know what you're doing or if you're in a bit of trouble you've got someone to support you whereas in August you'll have that on call shift after 5pm when there is no one else um, so and think- just a busy registrar mm. so I do think it's a good time to develop and you'll be. I think you'll be an awesome doctor because of mm. this experience as well Thank you.
1: So, yeah. And you know I, I that what you said is 100% you know I hope I become a good mm-hmm. doctor. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hope. But I think this FIY1 is yeah. one of the most amazing things that yeah. people have not taken opportunity of. Exactly. Because of all the things you've just said, mm-hmm. right? Is that I feel so supported? Yeah. Like I done my first two weeks of, of of work in in hospital, right? Yeah. Like day two, they gave me six six patients by myself, right? <laughs> Welcome to the
0: world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One or one day, they're like, "Oh, don't worry, you can go home. You don't need, You can. You can wake up. You can go to lectures at ten and leave at ten 15, Yeah. And the next day, that responsibility hits you like a brick wall, yeah. boy. And like, how did you find that? So for me it was a struggle So like one day You know You're walking down memory lane No responsibilities The next day You are now responsible for people As in You are actively there In their care and management If anything goes wrong It's on your head You
1: know what There was one patient That I saw right Mm. And she just wanted to go home And she was depending on me Taking blood from her Right And at that point That I realised Is that you kind of put it hard on yourself mm. it's because you're stopping someone else's life from going forward mm, yeah. so I didn't even take a break that day mm. right because I know this woman wants to get home and she's just there on the edge of her bed mm. she's waiting for Crazy. her blood results and I was like okay i got to do all this stuff and I kind of felt the pressure mm. obviously over a period of time that can take a toll on you mm. yeah. but then I realised that there's people depending on out there mm. You know same feeling that I went to when we mm. done journey more mm. we were tired yeah we were we were exhausted hungry hungry <laughs> hungry hot I would like to mention the hunger <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah.
0: We, we, were, we were worked to our bones <laughs> yeah not even an ounce of fluid or water or food <laughs> but I shall pick that battle <laughs> Next <a> later <laughs> date.
1: exactly but it's that point is that what can you do there's people who depend on you yeah and because there's people who depend on you you have an opportunity to make a positive effect on someone's life. Mm. I hope it's not like that every day. Mm. Mm. You know, in the fact that we will be overworked like that. Because last week it wasn't. Mm. Right? It was much more calm. Mm. I got so much support. Mm. Everyone was so friendly. Mm. But there were still people who were depending on me so they can leave home. Mm. I kind of like that responsibility where mm. I feel like I can make a difference to somebody else's life. Mm. You know, it sounds so cliche. Mm. But you do feel that in, me, like in, in medicine. a yeah.
2: yeah. cliche. you have to remember, cliches are cliches because they're true. Yeah. And it's like, so frankly true. Like, that's but why there's a cliche. That sounds like yeah. a cliche. <laughs> but
0: um, I think this is a, a nice time to wrap up. Sama, it's been an absolute pleasure um, to kind of get to know you in a different light. Thank you for taking the time out to kind of yeah. come down and speak to us. Um, pleasure, we wish my you the, friend. Pleasure. We wish you the best and I have no doubt you will become a very good and successful doctor.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, just one more thing I'm going to place a challenge on you now Um, so until I met you I didn't know about your route into medicine I didn't know that route existed I don't think a lot of people know about that route Um, so I think you've got a responsibility as the person who's embarked on this journey and been successful to now sort of voice that journey so that everyone else knows about how to take your route because your route is very specific it's very specific to a very specific cohort so you're their gateway. So the challenge is for you to let them know.
1: I take it on, brother. <laughs> thank you for the thank you for the reminder. I no, think I need yeah. that. Thank you for listening.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode. It's been a long, hearty discussion. Um, it's been inspiring, man. It's yeah, I feel more inspired, so motivated. Yeah. I'm still going to take a few days off work, but <laughs> I will see you all next week. We've got another amazing guest coming up, yeah. and in the meantime, stay safe and look after yourselves.